Moms are amazing at tracking down hard-to-find items. Library books, socks, you name it. But sometimes help is welcomed. Care.com makes it easy to find babysitters near you. Sitters with the experience and skills your family needs, like after-school pickup and homework help. You just post a job for qualified sitters to apply. And since all Care.com caregivers are background checked, you can feel confident about interviewing and hiring. To get the child care help you need, sign up now at Care.com. The uh, ever so popular bye week, where the team does a little self scout, they get a few extra practices in, some guys get to the community. Uh, I know Lance Gidry talked about going to the movies. I went through COVID in the bye week. That wasn't fun for the second time. Uh, did you, I just want to make sure you took care of your business during the bye week? Yeah, bye week, get some things done. Got a trip out of town to Orlando. Got a chance to watch Gus Malzahn lose a game he was winning 35 to 10 and uh today he got a big extension so congratulations to Gus Malzahn on, on his extension is that is that how that works <laughs> I mean it's just I didn't do it UCF did I mean it was just a bizarre game not to it's not Canes related but it's college football related and you know so I got a chance to go be a fan at a game and go just watch a game and not have to sit there with a computer yeah That's no I you know what? So, sometimes we need that, though, right? We need to remember we're fans and get 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 to a game, get to any kind of game where you can just huh. feel like, hey, I could be in the stands and uh, and watch some football. Well, a guy said to me, you know, one of the, one of the guys that I know, a friend of mine, he said, "Man, football season comes and it goes so fast." I said, "Yeah," and, and it's it's even worse when you feel like you got to produce content around right. everything that absolutely happens instead of just getting a chance to watch the games. And possibly well, tailgate and, you know, enjoy some of the festivities before games and instead of worrying about getting to the press box and eating uh, pulled pork for the uh, 50th time. So, shout out to everybody in the Miami media department. Yeah, or the uh, chicken fajitas without the chicken. Uh, we got lots of wraps. We got lots of bell peppers and onions yep. and lots of beans, but no chicken. No so chicken. but uh, Chicken list fajita. Yeah, well, uh, but you're always, you know what I like about you? Yeah. You are a man that knows what he wants. You just go right down to concessions and, and make it happen every Listen, day. I make I, I make the pass by the uh by the media by the media food and if it's uh, you know, the same thing we've had 110 times, I'll just head out to the club level and get myself a chicken sandwich or something it's, it's, and uh, you know. It's it's almost like they say to themselves Shout out to Alex, by the way. Alex used to be a longtime Kane media staffer. He's yeah, Alex Schwartz moving on to Tennessee. We're going to miss him, man. He's one of the best. He's going to Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at, least, at least he's getting an uh, opportunity to stay in the best. So um, so we go in there, and it, it I feel like someone in the back has like a, a bet going. How long <laughs> can we serve them pulled pork sandwiches before they just say, you know what, we're going to write <laughs> And like whoever has like a hundred and bajillion days, right. they're winning the pool right now. Right, right. It's been about five years. Not listen. We we need to get to the steam in football. But one last thing on this, and um, I, I've been meaning to discuss this with someone or whoever's paying attention. But whenever you make a trip, 
whenever you go on the road to cover this team, whether it's North Carolina, Georgia Tech, whatever, whatever stadium you go to, they always have that staple. So you feel like you're in that city. Like when you go to, when I go up to cover the Boston College game later this year, they're going to have clam chowder in the press box because when you go to Boston, you think clam chowder or as us Bostonians say, chowder. So uh, I wonder why the University of Miami can't be like, you know what? All these people come in from out of town to watch the Miami Hurricanes. Let's have like some Miami style soup food, some some Cuban sandwiches or whatever, you know, stone crabs or Cuban whatever. Cuban coffee would be amazing. Cuban coffee, whatever it is. Had to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Not like this just year. this year, it's been great. Let, let's make that press box food like cuisine like a staple of what Miami is to showcase that, and I think that would be pretty cool. Anyways, that's You'd neither here nor there. Them. Yeah, well, true. Uh, Let's get to this football Shout out team. To everybody so, in Miami media. Yeah, we love them, man. Cam and everybody, Those guys Josh are good and dudes. They just yeah, they are. They're not and caterers. They're not caterers. There are not. Uh, let's get to this football team. Uh, watched all the media stuff that they had this week, and obviously in the bye week they self scout, right? Which means they go and watch the film of the first four games. What did we do right? What did we do wrong? What are our tendencies? What are what are other teams picking up on? And what I wanted to ask you is, uh, from your point of view of watching the team so far this year, if you were watching this team, what do you think are a couple of areas that they need to work on that other teams are looking at and saying, hmm, let me look at that? You, you know what could really slow this team down without a whole lot of fanfare? Double covering Xavier Restrepo on third down almost every time he gets the ball. And... Not to say you'll be in very many third down situations this week against Georgia Tech, but that's one thing. Throwing out the bubble, I mean, we do a, a lot of that uh, on offense, but I would be willing to bet just based on what I've seen out of Shannon Dawson so far, I would be willing to bet we've only been introduced to his offense. I am, I am thinking to myself, he knows he's getting some of his best defenders back on defense. He knows he's had a bye week to kind of sort of figure out who he Because, I mean, in all fairness, he wasn't here last year. He didn't know who his dogs were. He didn't know who his dependable guys are. You know, he now knows there there's some, you know, sort of catch issues with a couple of the elite guys on this team. There have been some tendencies to drop a few balls. You know what I mean? And he understands how important Mark Fletcher is to this offense because it was a different run game. When he came back, Henry Parrish went berserk. Don Chaney's been solid. He may say, I need to find ways to get CJ into the game at running back. He looks really good in some of the time he had. So I want to give Shannon Dawson a bye week to show me more. But what he's shown me up so far is, I can get through the first half of my season or the first quarter of my season and I can go undefeated and I can put up darn near 40 points a game doing. And with very little help from my defense, as far as turning the ball over other than, you know, just creating, you know, punts and things like that. But I'm in a situation where I'm good. I'm good for 35 coming off the bus. You got to love that. But in the way of self-scouting, throwing the bubble screen, uh, throwing the Restrepo, on 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 that third down, that critical third down, um, punt security, bobbling punts, muffing punts. Those are some of the self scouting pieces. Vulnerable somewhat on special teams. 
Uh, there's some special teams potential uh, yeah. that you can exploit. Uh, and I think these are all fair, you know, because I we don't this is the real ones, man. We don't we don't put on orange and, and green uh, sunglasses over here. We don't do that because that's what gets you beat thinking you're better than you are. And I think, you know, there have been some penalties that have been very un, untimely, hadn't hurt Miami yet. There have been some big time mismanagement of games as far as like calling timeouts, as far as like just basic game, you know, management awareness. Um, and I think these are all fair things to say. It's not much to criticize, but there's enough. There's enough to bite your, your teeth into. And, um, yeah, that's what I, I feel like they probably addressed somewhat. Speaking of penalties, Mario is not happy with the amount of penalties they've had uh, this week or this year. Um, they're 79th in the country in penalty yardage. Um so that's not a good stat. They've definitely hurt themselves with some penalties. And, and Mario's point blank. He said, listen, man, don't ask me about the, oh, they're just being aggressive. Uh, and that's the, those penalties are okay. He said, no penalties okay. We got to be smarter. We got to do a better job on that. Um, they've given up like 275 yards and penalty yards. So it's definitely something the other they have to fix. Another thing I think they need to work on, but this comes with personnel is using the tight end in the offense. I think you're going to get Arroyo back possibly this week. He's going to uh, provide something extra on that position. Riley's getting better, uh, hopefully there. Um, but, you know, and maybe... maybe I like the ninth-year guy they, they have out Yeah, there Cam McCormick, man, getting like, that ninth like year. McCormick. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's a rumbler and a tumbler and a big dude. But you know, listen, I'm I'm a Miami guy through and through. I'm I'm going back to you know back to the days of Saeed Tucker for God's sake. Uh, meanwhile, you know, uh, Bubba and Greg Olson and Jimmy Graham and all and uh, you know Jeremy Shockey and all the tight ends that have rolled through Miami. It's always been a part of this offense, so I kind of miss it. I'd like to get it going. So so there's. But well, you that. can't get it going if you don't have the personnel. I mean, well, this, well, but that's what I'm saying is if you get a Royal back and you get Riley moving up, yeah, okay, maybe yeah, that gives you some and, options. And, and you do most of the driving and you ask most of the questions. What is the obsession with a Royal? Like the guy had, he had one or two good games and, and they weren't games that were like in doubt. It's hoping like, and praying, my man. It's, ho it's hoping and praying, wishing on a star, hoping he could be the one. That's what it is, man. He ain't the one. He's been here like four Come years. Come on. Why you gotta why you gotta just rain all over my parade like that? No, no. This is real one. This, this is the real ones. I want to stop talking about guys for once in this program who have not contributed enough to be I'm not gonna waste podcasts. Is it not possible that this is it not possible that this guy could bloom and flourish? It's, it's possible that every tight end on our roster could bloom and flourish. How many tight ends have developed in the last five years that didn't come in super highly rated and did what they needed to do? Brevin Jordan. Will Mallory didn't develop. He had a great freshman season, and he was forgettable for the next three. Those are facts. Now, injuries played a part, but did he develop here? No. Brevin He's Jordan went through better. injuries too, yeah. I mean – they, they, they've gotten hit in the injury bug yeah, with I, tight ends. And I'm not, and I'm not saying, you know, because injuries are different. I mean, and Will had some serious ones. Yeah, no doubt. What he was as a freshman was legit. 
Do we know if he ever played healthy? I don't know. They say he's doing well in the pros. I haven't really followed him. But my, my point is, at that position, we have not had a – even Brevin Jordan, who was fair at the position, was overhyped based on what he produced. Give me a new Joker who nobody knew about who came in and he dominated. Give me a, give me a Chris. I can't think of his last name. He wore 23 early in the out golden era who did, you know, a very good job. Give me a Clive. Yeah, let's go all the way back. To Walford, the- yeah, Clive, yeah. Walford yeah. days. Give me yeah, the- yeah. You know what I mean? Like, give me some dudes that are going to win you some games. That's what I want. I'm saying, I'm saying I, I don't count Elijah out yet. I think he might be one of those guys. Isn't this like year four or five for him? Whatever, like, man. Any day now. It's going to happen. All right. I, I'll root for you. I'll root for you. <laughs> why, why do I feel like I'm going to get a look on Saturday in the no, press box? Listen. Listen. I, you do it to me on Tyler Van Dyke. I'm yeah, I know. Listen. You, you still, you still the out there calling the boy a system quarterback. He's a great, he's a great air raid quarterback. Yes, he is. Oh, goodness gracious me. Oh, yes. I still love you, buddy. It's, he's it's a okay. trophy candidate. What do you want from me? Oh, okay. Yeah. He's doing well. It's 4-0. Oh. There's nothing to be upset about. <laughs> we played Georgia Tech. They lost to uh, Bowling Green. It's going to be a good weekend. We, yeah, we but, should be uh, able to sit back, relax, and kick up our feet. Hopefully listen, nothing exciting happens. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your roll. Homeboy, uh, Georgia Tech just come off a win against Wake Forest, one that we did not think was going to happen. So uh, let's let's wind back a you little didn't, bit. You didn't, you didn't you didn't see the game last week. Listen, man, I'm just telling you, any given Saturday, anything can happen. All right, we got a guest coming on. We're, we're yeah, looking. well, so speaking of that, we got Chad Bishop lined up. He covers the uh, rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. They're a hell of an engineer. Uh, Chad Bishop covers them for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He's going to join us next as we discuss the Canes and the Yellow Jackets. It's the Real Ones Canes podcast. Follow us wherever you uh, follow anything, at Miami Radio Beast, at Brandon underscore Odoy, at Real Ones Canes, and download the podcast wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and all of those places. Chad Bishop from the AJC joins us. Podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London alongside Brandon O'Doy. Now we bring in from Atlanta. He covers Georgia Tech for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. He is Chad Bishop. You can follow him on X at Mr. Chad Bishop because he's distinguished like that. He evidently won every writing award that's ever been known to man. So it's just an honor for us to uh to be here. Chad, one, thank you for joining us. And Let's talk about this Georgia Tech team that's coming in to face Miami this weekend, up and down, kind of uh, trying to find their way. Uh, how would you t- talk about the personality of this Georgia Tech team that's coming in this weekend? Yeah, I, that's a good point. I think it's still yet to be defined. I think we'll find out a lot about the personality and the identity of Tech on Saturday. Uh, you know, I heard you guys earlier talking about the loss to Bowling Green. Do they come out Saturday in Miami and let that one loss turn into two? 
or do they sort of, you know, reverse their fortunes and, and play very, very well and play to the level that Miami's been playing? Um, I know the type of team that they want to be under Brent Key. They want to be physical. They want to dominate the line of scrimmage. It's very similar to what Mario Cristobal has built down there in Miami. I mean, he, he and Brent Key worked at Alabama together. They're former offensive linemen uh, that hoard a lot of the same values and what they're trying to build. Obviously, Mario is a little bit further along than Brent Key is, but uh, it's been inconsistent so far for Brent Key, not only last year as the interim guy and this year so far. They've played some good football. The problem is it's just been in spurts and has not been consistent to this point. One thing that we saw with this team that that happened that you don't usually see happening with uh, really successful teams, which is a coordinator change <laughs> in the middle of a season, and Georgia Tech – has done that. Talk about that move and, and what that has done with the program. Yeah, it, it was a curious weekend for sure. Um, you know, go, for, for some context, Andrew Thacker came in with Jeff Collins of the previous staff, and he was retained by Brent Key in, in January. He he was on the f- previous staff. Brent Key became head coach. He kept Andrew Thacker's defensive coordinator. I think some of that was due to Georgia Tech playing relatively well on defense toward the end of the year last year. Uh, they beat some good teams. They played some some good games defensively. So coming into this year, it was Andrew Thacker's defense, and it has just not lived up to their expectations. They had a really good secondary coming back, a lot of def- depth on the defensive front, and brought in some high-level transfers at linebacker, and the bottom really fell out against Bowling Green. I mean, they were dominated um, every which way. They got up 14 nothing, and then allowed 38 unanswered points to Bowling Green. Uh, a lot of that was just uh, 10 third down conversions, five of five in the red zone by Bowling Green. Uh, it looked like Georgia Tech was out of position a lot, missing a lot of tackles. The effort was a little bit questionable. Brent Key said it was not a knee-jerk reaction. There was a lot of buildup to this. The Louisville game, the Ole Miss game, the Bowling Green game, the defense did not play great. The Wake Forest win kind of looks like an anomaly right now for this season for this team. So, yeah, it was interesting that they went ahead and made that move because they have a bye week coming up, and you might think, well, let's wait to the bye week halfway through the season. Maybe we'll reassess. On the flip side of that coin, right, like time is money. you got to win football games if you want to make the postseason, and you're playing a really good offense in Miami. So maybe this lights a fire under the defense, maybe a new voice, uh, maybe some new personnel mixed in and out can help this Georgia Tech defense. You know, we'll see if it happens. You talk, Chad, about – the defense, I heard you mention transfers. We know this Georgia Tech team has, has done very well in the portal. Um, is some of the inconsistency due to the fact that these guys are still trying to figure each other out coming in from all these places? I mean, you look at the collapse against Louisville, what happened last week. You know, we obviously don't know who this team is. I mean, we know that they are, you know, good at times and they're really bad at times. But maybe there's some cohesiveness issues potentially. What's your take? No, I, I actually don't think so. Um, it, like I said, the secondary had a lot of guys coming back. LaMiles Brook, K.J. Wallace, King, Jalen King is back there. Uh, guys who have made plays for a few years for this Tech defense. And then on front, you have Zeke Biggers. Kyle Kennard had four sacks against Wake Forest. He's a veteran along that front side of the line. Um, the linebacker core is really the one that's sort of weak and brought in some transfers. But I, I haven't really seen, really outside of the Louisville game, where maybe there were some communication issues in that first game, since then, I really haven't seen that. I, I don't feel um, that these tra- there, there aren't as many transfers on the defensive side as there are on the offensive side. There's a lot of guys back on that defensive unit from years past, especially in the secondary. Um, so I don't I don't think there's any confusion. I don't think it's 
a bunch of different guys coming from a bunch of different systems and not understanding where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there. It's just been a matter of, of poor execution and maybe not not a lot of confidence that the right plays are being run. Chad Bishop joining us from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution does a great job of covering Georgia Tech. Follow him on X at Mr. Chad Bishop. Uh, the quarterback, a transfer in from Texas A&M, Mario Cristobal was, uh, had a lot of great things to say about Haynes King. Um, you know, obviously he's got, what, 15 touchdowns, only four interceptions. And uh, listen, Georgia Tech may be up and down, maybe looking for a personality, but it seems like offensively they could throw it around. Offensively, they've been great. Very, very impressive. Buster Faulkner is the offensive coordinator. Chris Winkie, a guy you guys know, is the quarterback's coach. Uh, they've done an outstanding job on offense, matching up personnel, mixing personnel groupings. Haynes King has done a phenomenal job of spreading the ball around. He doesn't have one go-to receiver, and that's a good thing. I mean, he's getting the ball to a lot of different guys and his tight ends. I know how much you guys love your tight ends down there. And, and it's just been really fun to watch. They don't run the ball a ton. And they ran it very poorly against Bowling Green. But sometimes they do enough in the run game to sort of open up that passing game and get that secondary off the receiver. So it's, it's been fun to watch. Haynes King's been very good. Two of those four interceptions uh, have come on tip balls. He hasn't made a ton of bad mistakes. In fact, that's really what I like about Haynes King is his decision making. A lot of times he'll throw the ball away, throw it out of the back of the end zone, won't take a sack. That, that's Even though he's only listed as a sophomore, you know, he's been playing the game for three years coming out of East Texas, a couple of years at Texas A&M. And uh, he's a real mature kid. He he's, has a real good decision-making. Uh, I, I like what I've seen out of him. If that offense can continue to play the way that they have, Georgia Tech's going to be in this thing for the next couple of years. Of course, they probably haven't faced a defense as good as Miami so far. And, and let's talk about that. What do you think Georgia Tech has to do to win this game? Because, yeah, you're coming in with a, you know, a fairly nice-sized offense, but defensively, you haven't put games together at times, and Miami is looking pretty good. They get one of their best players back in Cam Kitchens, which I'm sure has the attention of King and others on that offensive staff, Wiki et al. But what 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 is what does Tech have to do, in your view, to to to, to kind of be competitive in this game? Yeah, I think so. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this game is a little bit more high scoring, maybe because of the way Georgia Tech defense has played, you know, new coordinator or not. I mean, they just have not played up to the level that they could. And we know how good Miami's offense is and how good Tyler Van Dyke is. We know how good Haynes King is and how good the Georgia Tech offense has been. So to me, if you're Georgia Tech, I mean, you have to play obviously mistake free football, right? Like limited penalties, absolutely zero turnovers, taking advantage of every possession. And then you got to hope Miami bleaks. You got to hope Miami maybe doesn't play their best game and they turn the ball over some. Um, all that's easier said than done. But um, the, the bowling game loss really didn't change my perception of this Georgia Tech team. I still think they're an okay team and they can be competitive against anybody if they play like they played against Wake Forest, if they played like they played against Louisville despite losing that game, they played pretty well. So I, I really think they could probably hang with everyone. It's really just incumbent upon them to play at a high level of football and then maybe hope the opponent, in this case Miami, doesn't play as well as they have been playing. Scott Bishop from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution joining us here on Real Ones Canes podcast. Chad, appreciate the time. Before we uh, let you get out of here, it is Miami and Georgia Tech at night at Hard Rock. Yes. Um, and in the past, you know, back in the, 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 old, the old head days, if you came down here to play Miami at night, it was a tough deal. Uh, Miami's wearing these uh, Miami Knights uniforms or what have you. 
Uh, do you sense in talking to uh, to people this week up there in Atlanta that there's anything different that's going to happen in a night game in Miami uh, on the road and all of that stuff, or is it just another ball game to be played on the schedule? I think it's probably just another ball game. I do find it pretty amusing that Miami's busting out the blacks when Georgia Tech did that last week and laid a massive egg at home against Bowling Green. Not saying Miami's going to do the same, but I feel like, you know, you got to be shaking in your boots right now if you're a Miami fan. Like, why the black uniforms? Did you not see what just happened to Georgia Tech last week in black uniforms? But uh, Brent Key spoke about it Thursday. He likes night games. His team seems to play better when they play night games. Uh, I know it's probably, like you said, not the atmosphere is old and Georgia Tech's already played at Ole Miss and already played at Wake Forest. They had a sellout. I believe it was a blackout that night as well. So I, I don't think there's anything different from from Tech's vantage point. By the way, fans love this uniform talk, right? Like I was on I was on X and they're like, what's our record in the black uniforms? What's our record in the green uniforms? Like the alternative colors? Like, does it really matter? Like it's the same players out there. I, I love it though, man. It's all it's all the mystique of college football and sports, right? If if Miami loses Saturday. No one will ever see those uniforms ever again. And I know all these schools have. Oh, no, no, no. See, you're wrong. Because Adidas, someone from Adidas will will come down and offer a check and be like, you know what? I know you lost in black last time, but here's uh, some money. Wear these again. Yeah, exactly. We we lost in these before, so it's been a big deal. (laughs) There'll be some variation, a stripe here, a stripe there, you know, and it'll be, yeah. But yeah, uniform talk. That'll be a whole separate podcast. So we look forward to seeing you down here. Look forward to, you know, maybe I'll, you know, I'll lead the way to the Cuban coffee uh, so that we can, uh, we can make sure you're revved up and caffeinated and ready to go, man. But uh, we look forward to getting you guys down here and uh, having fun in the press box on Saturday. All right, guys. Thanks so much. See ya. Chad Bishop from the Atlanta Journal Constitution does an unbelievable job covering Georgia Tech for the AJC. Go read his stuff at Mr. Chad Bishop on X. Chad, thanks a lot. We will be back with more after this on the Real Ones Canes podcast. from the AJC for joining us last segment. Great breakdown of uh, of what Georgia Tech's got going on. Up and down, beating Wake Forest, losing to Bowling Green. So we'll see. It seems like Georgia Tech is like a box of chocolates. You just don't know what you're going to get as they roll into Miami for a Miami Knights classic coming your way Saturday night from Hard Rock Stadium, and we will be there. Follow us at Real Ones Canes uh, for all of the uh, breakdown during the game. But Brandon... One thing I wanted to talk about, we're getting Cam Kitchens back this week. Yeah. He went through a scary deal, right? Uh, You know, had to be airlifted, the whole thing. Uh, Mario didn't want to really talk about his injury. Cam didn't want to talk about his specific injury. It doesn't really matter. He's back now. Obviously, it was a process to get him back. He did go with the team to Temple, uh, made that road trip, got, got a chance to watch that game from the sideline. But now he's back. No question he is a leader uh, with this team on the field, but off the field as well. It was amazing to see, before we, we talk about his impact on the field coming back, it was amazing to see him and a bunch of guys basically on their own, and this is not the first time. They've done this a million times, but 
the video was tweeted out of them basically just walking around Overtown, handing out food to, to people that needed it, to the unhoused that that need the food. Um, and Cam talked about it. He said, listen, man, it doesn't take much for us to go to Mickey D's or Little Caesars, pick up a bunch of food and just get out the car and start walking around and handing out food to people that need it. And it just goes to show you what type of kid he is, but also a, a, what type of kids are on this team. Yeah. You talk about a program, culture, a player-led team. This is all we heard during media day this past offseason. And, you know, Cam Kitchens is a big part of that. And a lot of what he means to this Hurricane team is being encapsulated in that activity right there. Just leading his guys in a way that just says, you know what, I am setting the tone and the tenor for what what type of individuals and what type of players we're going to be. Just because we're hard-nosed on the field – doesn't mean we can't be soft and compassionate about the Overtown community. And, and Cam is a guy that's from Miami, and this is the, the the special thing you can do when you stay home and play. You can go out, and it doesn't matter. You can go to another school in another area and be great. But it means a lot more when one of your own comes and gives back. But the biggest win for me to, in, in seeing a young man develop, somebody I've known for a little while, is to get him to take people along, help inspire others to do good works and that's what we're really here to do as human beings and so when you see things like that you got to feel good about it I mean you got to feel good about having five back the injury uh as it was told to me he probably could have come back sooner but I said it immediately Beast. I said you're not going to see him until after the bye week uh because there's no threat to losing these next couple of games and you can cheat and win you know uh without him and you don't have to force him back and Mario Cristobal knows how important Cam is. It's no reason to force and push him back on the field. Uh, it's great to have him back, but I think his impact is going to be bigger in the locker room and some of the intangibles than really out there on the field. Although this, like, like, like Chad was saying, I mean, you got to be careful with this Georgia Tech offense. I mean, you never know which one's going to show up. I'm going to do this lightly, and I don't want to get uh, pounded for it on socials because. When you make comparisons, thing, bad things can happen. But I just want to tell this, which is back, back in the day, Miami's winning all these games. There was a leader on the team that wasn't vocal to us, wasn't a big talker to the media. I mean, came by when asked, obviously when requested, did everything he had to do. But no matter who you talk to, offense, defense, special teams, coaches, janitors, trainers, who's the leader? Who's the guy? It was this guy, and his name was Ed Reed. And I'm not going to compare their styles of play. I'm not going to compare Cam Kitchens and, and do that unjustly to him and compare him to literally a Hall of NFL Hall of Famer, uh, one of the best players ever to, to touch the field, but just in the way they lead, whereas everyone knows. Like, if you talk to the guys on offense, it's Cam Kitchens. If you talk to the guys on defense, it's Cam Kitchens. He's not a, he's not a yeller and a screamer. He just does it by example. Follow me. Follow what I do. We will win. That's Cam Kitchens, and he he does it off the field as well, as we just talked about in Overtown. He's got the heart. He's got the soul. He's got the brain. It's a total leadership thing for him, and I really like to see that. I love guys that don't necessarily have to be the yellers and the screamers to be a leader. He's just being himself, and that's what's the best part about it, Beast. He's being himself. He's never been a rah-rah guy. He's on the Miami Northwestern team with a lot of big talkers, a lot of big personalities. He was a guy that, you know, was almost forgettable if it were not for his play. 
So he's just being himself. And credit to Mario Cristobal and this Hurricanes, you know, football team and this program for allowing a guy not to have to be somebody he's not. And, you know, I like how he is in juxtaposition with James Williams, who's way more of a more charismatic, a more yeah. dogmatic type of guy. You know what I mean? And you just have, like, a great yin and yang there. And it's one of those situations where it's like, no, those two guys feed off of each other, and they're exactly what Miami needs right now, veteran leadership in the secondary. And you have a situation where it's like, okay, how special can these guys really be? I'm about to ask you a loaded question, and just keep in mind, you know me. I, I, this clip is probably going to end up on. I, I, I don't No, 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 it's not that. Me, but this, I've taken this, so many shots on this, this show. This one show, I've taken shots at the the media. I've taken. We'll find out if we've got viewers after this. I've taken shots well, at almost everybody. So uh, the, you, you, just the clip. The clip may or may not end up on YouTube. You never know with me. You know. Well, you know uh, yeah, we, we get we get a bunch of hits on these YouTube clips I put up there. So <laughs> here, like you. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Yeah. What is it going to take for Miami to beat Georgia Tech on Saturday night? Just show up. Show up in those nice uniforms. Play yep, hurricane. There we football. go. You know we don't. We're not worried about this. We're worried about UNC on the road. Okay. And we listen. We're not looking over these. Listen. Let me explain something to you. I haven't been at many losses. At night, when the team had a decent quarterback, and you know it was rolling like this, I haven't. I can't think of the last time we lost a game like this. I can't. Can you? Um, maybe Florida State. I've been at all kinds of losses with this team, man. Yeah, I have too. I've been I, doing I've it been a long time. Noon, I've been the snooze noon game. Yeah, the sleepy nooners. The, those are bad. Yeah, we were at the Clemson game, the fifty yep. pointer, the yep. fifty burger. I mean, but those games were played during the day, my friend. I haven't been to very many night losses. I can think of Florida State. Uh, even the UNC kick when uh, the kicker kicked it off the, the field. That was during yeah. the day. It was daylight. I haven't been to many. I haven't been to any many late night soirees that didn't go the Hurricanes way. Now, these black uniforms, these neons, they kind of concern me. Bowling green and knocking them off. It, it has a sleepy feel. But oh, no. You're getting a lot of people back from you're getting a lot of people back. We're rolling right now. It's, I mean, five and oh, baby. Just say it with me. Five and oh. And uh let's get to UNC, man. Let's let's play some real football. We're just taking care of business. See, just old Brian old old Brian, old beast would have been like, listen, night game, hard rock, electric, Miami Knights uniforms, bro. This thing, we're gonna run them right out of the house. Okay. That's what I feel. I feel I feel like this is this is a 40-burger waiting to happen, man. But new Brian? I will say, I will say, my friend, Tyler Van Dyke. Your friend? Listen, that Middle Tennessee State You guys are friends now? I know Mario don't want to talk about it no more. Listen, we're going to talk about that game, man. Okay? If he go out and throw a pit on the first drive, all bets are off. And I don't want you looking at me. I don't. I know Cam. Oh, no. I will be looking right at you. I can see Cam. Don't look at me. If he throw a pit, you, I already said what I said. So if he throws a pick or there's a turnover in the first possession, all bets are off. Then this this is a game. But, mm -hmm. I mean, listen, stands are going to be packed. Team is pumped. They're behind it. All the bandwagon guys will be there. Nothing else going on on a Saturday night. The Heat are not playing yet. The Dolphins took a big loss. You know, we're the team of the city right now. 
we wearing great uniforms, man. Just sit back and enjoy the show. Take take time to get some cafecitos. And um, yeah, man, hopefully we don't have pork for the 50 millionth time in the press box. And if so, we'll just go down and get some chicken fingers, man, from the concession. It's going to be pretty easy, man. We're not worried about Georgia Tech. Uh, my boy maybe you may, listen, listen, Jones, man, listen, man, brother who works for them, man. We, my sister used to work for Georgia Tech, Brent Key. We're about the same age. He's an engineer, man. We're we're ready to play some football. Uh, bring that, bring the rambling wreck to town. Brandon's ready to go. Uh, I listen, I'm you know worried what? about my- they beat us. Listen, this loss still stays with me, and I don't know if you were there or not. A couple years ago, we were on the road at Georgia Tech. I actually went to the game. This is around Thanksgiving. So, you know, I, I'm from right, Atlanta. Go home. I went home. Yeah. It's like you go to Boston, et cetera. Yeah. Man, they ran us out of there. I think that was – was that the Manny – was that the Rick era or Manny? I don't remember, but – I was I was there. Ooh, uh, it all – it, it's all a blur. Yeah, no, that was bad. Um, Outdoor press box. I was my yep, first experience yep. with that. I'm like, oh, man, this is like the old Marlin Stadium. Or, yeah, know, it, it's uh, – Yeah, it's uh, – it, that was a bad deal. Um, I wish I was as confident as you. Uh, I'm scared of my own shadow, but tell um, me, we we deserve to know. Let everybody in the real ones nation know why are you so nervous about this game and put this on. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about every game. I'm nervous about title of this segment. Beast is nervous about <laughs> three and two Georgia Tech coming to town to play a night game when we got a Heisman candidate and we're rolling. Why are you Yo, nervous? Please, go. What? Why? Because I saw games against Middle Tennessee State and FIU and losses to North Carolina that should have been wins and losses to Virginia at some point and other teams. It, it just has happened. So until I can get my mojo back, I'm always worried. That's why. Okay? <sighs> All right. We'll see everybody on Saturday at the stadium. Uh, we will check in next week. Oh, we got a big announcement to make at some point. We got some. Uh, we got some. We got some stuff happening. This thing's gonna be huge, but we'll leave it. We'll leave it till the uh, press release is dry before we put it out there. Hey, thanks everyone for listening and watching. Follow us on all the socials. Get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We will check you next time on the Real Ones Kings podcast. Peace. <laughs>